Weather and Ag in Focus on WDAY Radio. Welcome to Weather and Ag in Focus. Thanks for joining us on the last day of January. It's 106 and records are dropping across the area. 49 degrees here in Fargo. Bridget, you picked the wrong day not to be in North Dakota. (laughs) Our record was 44 degrees set back in 2009 and thus has fallen for 2024. And we're still rising to highs in the low uh, 40s, yeah, low 50s for today. Grand Forks record 44 in 2009 as well. Currently tied. Grand Forks is 44 degrees. A lot of records going to be That's dropping crazy the area. And we got a full rundown on this record heat and the forecast coming up in just a little bit. But, but first, and Bridget, I'm so sorry because I know you're not in the mood for this, but we've had so many emailers sending yeah. requests <laughs> on what the heck is actually going on outside. I've got numerous emails, Say, text messages. Did any of you children see the alien spaceship last night? I don't want to know if it's going to go that far, but so, there were three wait, wait, jets. Wait, 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 wait. And Jacob, put you up- say all these emails, but the problem is you guys are just emailing it to each other. Oh, no. <laughs> see, here's the funny part. For once, these are actually real people these are that are actual- messaging us. Yeah. Jay got a bunch of them. Jacob, if you could put up that picture we're talking about, we put it in Slack. If you could put it on our live stream. So there were three jets that flew in they, they formation. Were military. Or quote unquote jets. Yeah, they yeah, were they more than likely military that, that jets. That was way too high for commercial. They were military flying side by side. Also, commercial planes don't fly that close together. Yeah. So if anyone happens to know what type of jet those were, because a couple months ago we had a F seventeen out of Canada that was that flew in yep. from the south over Fargo at like three thousand feet or something. That was a lot lower. Yeah, that so, was really cool. So if anybody knows what those, th- there were three jets tandem. Uh, they were military, no doubt about it. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand. And uh, I, if 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 John I if John what... calls, don't take the call, Jacob, because we know what <laughs> we know exactly what he's going to say. Um, no, curious to see what uh, someone has to know what yeah. jet that was because that I've never seen that before. I've you know we joke about the chemtrails and all that stuff, and but I've never seen three military craft flying side by side. They're in formation, man. Uh, for what? I mean, you're just going to fly by yourself? Why wouldn't you fly with your buddies? It is Wednesday. They That's did. The they did. After. They did change the chemtrail spray day to Wednesdays. Uh, remember? Yes. At the right. start of the year. Indeed. Hmm. That must mean that it's going to rain in the near future, right? That's well, the whole prognosis. No, hold on. Holding. We have to check on with one other. One other circumstance. Bridget, are you traveling anywhere later <laughs> next week? Yes. When, Let me guess you're what, traveling Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday, I bet. Thursday for sure. Ah, what am I going to run into? I swear. <laughs> seriously. Oh, no kidding. It's on our LRC calendar, Bridget. You should know better than this. The calendar follows me. It's not my fault. I'm just saying. <laughs> just going to send it. Well, oh, my God. The... If you follow along our LRC calendar, our Christmas storm that we had, uh, which brought an, a horrible ice storm to the west of the valley and brought us our precip. Now, yeah. I call this our wild card storm because this is the storm when it comes back in the next few cycles. This is what we need. We need it to hit us for precip wise. Uh, cause this is the, if it was outside that Christmas storm, uh, we've been in drought conditions that saved us across much of the area from being in drought conditions. So now it's coming back around next week, middle and latter part of next week, right on schedule with the LRC. Our models are finally, finally starting to pick up on this. And it looks like it could be a good, another good precip producer. This time we might have enough cold air. So, A, we don't have to worry about freezing rain, and B, might be snow. Good. We could, we, we could, we really could we choose it. We might be okay it. with that. Yeah. Well, we need the snow. I mean, look at the when we had the winds with the last few storms. The snow was black. I mean, from all the dirt blowing off the fields because there's no snow. There, I mean, there's you no know, snow covering it. So at, at at this point, I'm okay with it just being rain. The ground's still frozen. The ground's Don't frozen. Even it's going to run at off. this point. 
It's going to run off. We'll get moisture but even in spring. The, but right it, now, is I, I it, really just could care it, less for snow. I'm, I'm just I'm ready for spring. That's a first. It's been nice and warm, but, and if we put snow on even, there, it's going to get cold again. Even if it runs off, we're still going to fill up stock dams and so forth, so forth for our livestock producers. So it doesn't yeah. hurt us okay. to get that rainfall. I mean, that I'll rain take will that. also help chip away at the frost in the ground. Honestly, this is a question for those that are out doing construction or digging right now in our area or outside of our area. When you're digging down, where is the frost line at right now? How far down are you going until you're either hitting the frost Uh, or getting out of it? Not that much, not that deep because I had some pictures on Twitter this morning. I'm sorry, X, whatever you want to call it, from a farmer by East Grand Forks, Minnesota, who was out with some tillage equipment and he was doing some field work already today. Right. And oh, wow. and my thought on it is the topsoil forever, how far down, has thawed out because it's been well above frost right. thawing mm-hmm. temperatures. But yep. how far down did it punch when we had that cold snap? Is it that first 16 inches of ground is fine and then you run into a foot of frost? or And even right. at that point, if there's two feet of thawing ground in there, I mean, that's two feet of soil that can absorb rain. Yes. And it'll take that moisture. Our subsoil needs it. Sure would. Now let's get the snow. 701-293-9000. We have our snowblower. We haven't given away yet. I mean, we've got to do that. We've got to give that away. They should have picked for November or December of 2024. That's not my fault they picked January and February. (laughs) April. Uh, True. Good point. Good point. Well, you know. Maybe it is because I told them to pick those dates, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, guys. Sorry, it went south. I am... I'm actually not in my office or not in my pickup. I'm probably in my next absolute favorite place where I could be to do a radio show today. And I am sitting in a brand new payloader. It is a Hyundai heavy duty and it is on the trade show floor at National Cattlemen's Beef Association. The trade show is going to open here in about an hour. And I needed a quiet place to go because the guys driving (laughs) those Zamboni looking uh, vacuum cleaners for the carpet, they were a little noisy. So I... I'm taking over this tractor. You can hear a pin drop in there. Did you say Hyundai? Like the car company? Yeah. Yeah, this is a Hyundai. I think Jacob might have put it into our live stream so that our viewers can be watching it online. My view from the cab. And there is a skid steer, a track stick skid steer right next to me. And that is indeed a Hyundai brand. And here we are on the trade show floor. I, I am in no Orlando, Florida. That Hyundai yeah. made tractors. What other car are. companies am, are making tractors nowadays? Because I know, I believe it was, wasn't it BMW? Or no, it was Ferrari used to make, or was it Porsche? Maybe Ford, it was Porsche. Uh, Ford made tractors too at one point in time. Besides the Model T, they turned out nice little um, tractors as well that people really like as far as collectors. They're great par- tra- tractor and parade show uh, type of operations to use. But right. yeah, this is... There are a lot of people here. I would bet there's probably 8,000 people wandering around the convention uh, going into different meetings. Uh, yesterday, I sat in on the Region 7 meeting where North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, and Nebraska are part of that. They talked a lot about what's going on with their beef councils and how checkoff dollars are being used, but then also just the general status of their economies in each state when it comes to livestock production. And there's a lot of folks here who want to interact and visit, and I'm thrilled to be able to be a part of this show while I'm here. That's awesome. How's the weather down there in beautiful, humid Florida? Yeah, it's like 68 degrees, so it's practically the same as you. (laughs) That's that's chilly for you. That's that's cold for them. How many folks uh, down there that are not from Florida are wearing sweatshirts and or jackets? Yeah, if you're not from Florida, you don't care. You're standing in the sunshine and enjoying this. And for those who are from Florida, you can tell that uh, native Floridians are all wearing ski pants and scarves. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for falling iguanas. Exactly. Yeah, you just you. never know when that kind of you. thing could happen. Right, so well, it's a busy it's a busy day for all of us. You guys with chemtrails, me hanging out with the cattlemen. Yeah, we got all, all things I'd going on. I'd rather be on. hanging out where Bridget's at. <laughs> yeah, we you might know, not. I can't even hate on that. I think I'd rather be there as well. Yeah, you said you're in Orlando, right? I am. I am How does in that Orlando compare to right Miami? Now. You've never been to either. I've been told to stay away from. It's Miami. It's totally different than Miami. They are. I've been different. told you got to shower when you. You leave. need to get out of the. 
border area here. They're not poor. What do you want? <laughs> and Bridget, do they have? My question is, do they have free samples down there when you're wandering the floor? Oh yeah, because oh. just down from the booth that I'm a part of, so I'm I'm also representing the back porch, which is a stop for folks who want resources and discussion with certified counselors about mental health and the strains and stress, anxiety that our farm community goes through, and it really affects our ranchers and veterinarians as well. And probably about ten steps down from where I'm set up, there looks to be a sampling booth of some sort taking shape, and I would bet money that'll be ready by the time the trade oh, show opens. Man, that sounds so good. Damn. Right on. Well, yeah, we got a special. There's, there's also Go there's also an event just for those who have been here the first time, and it's called the Meet Up M E A T. And I do believe I'll be stopping there for a beer and a slider at some point this I would, afternoon I would, too. I would hope so. I'd be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a guest coming on today, Bridget. You want to uh, tell us about that? We do, and I hope he's uh, connecting as we speak, and that is John Brecker with AgVice Laboratories. John is one of those guys that when I get the question, what happens with my soil sample after it gets taken from the field and sent in to AgVice? Where does it go? What do we do with it? And I'd like John to be able to help answer some of those questions because it's not just for our farmland, but if we have homeowners and gardeners out there who want to be able to know more about their soil and the health of it, this is one way for us to do some of that testing and judging of it. So we'll have John Brecker when we come back. Livestock is mixed, but mostly lower. For the American Ag Network, I'm Richard Rispet with this market update. Traders have their alarm clock set and are ready for the release of this afternoon's cattle inventory report, which is expected to be bullish. Now, the deferred contracts are still trading mildly higher, but the nearby contracts are modestly lower. That's as a cautious buffer ahead of the report's release. There was a handful of trade reported late yesterday afternoon at 176 in Kansas and 175 live and 275 dressed in Iowa, but that was not enough to really say any sort of trend has been established for the week. The vast majority of the week's trade will likely be delayed until tomorrow. Box beef prices are higher, choice up nine cents, and select up 30 with a movement of 65 loads. Now, traders have eased their aggressive tone in the feeder cattle market as they patiently wait to see what comes in this afternoon's cattle inventory report. It's likely the report will showcase fewer beef cows, indicating the 2024 calf crop will be smaller as well, both of which should help strengthen the feeder cattle market. Now, the lean hogs, they are showing just a little bit more support here. That's as pork cutout values are higher, and even cash prices are stronger this morning. It's likely packers could continue to actively procure hogs throughout the day and finish up the majority of their cash buying for the week. We'll get a look at the livestock numbers next year listening to the American Ag Network. When news happens in agriculture or when the markets are moving, we've got you covered as your trusted voice in agriculture. The team at the American Ag Network has the knowledge and experience to keep you informed on the issues impacting farmers and ranchers. We've got you covered on air, online, and on demand. Find the American Ag Network on your favorite social media platforms and also follow the American Ag Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are the American Ag Network. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. Get the latest bonus interviews, exclusive content, and more with the American Ag Today podcast. Just search for American Ag Today and give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get a look at the livestock numbers. Live cattle February down 45 at 177.57. April down 77 at 180.97. June down 17 at 179.05. And the August live cattle, they're up a dime at 179.02. Feeders March down 77 at 240.55. April down 47 at 246.52. Lean hogs February up 47 at 76.32. April down a dime at 84.80. And the May lean hogs, they're down a nickel at 89.12. Quick check on our grains here. March corn is down a half at 447 and a quarter with May down one at 457 and three quarters. The Dow right now is off about 15 points. The dollar sits at 103.0 with crude oil trading down about two bucks at just under $76 a barrel. For the American Ag Network, I'm Richard Ristvet. Weather and Ag in Focus on WGAY Radio. Yeah, 
Yeah, welcome back to Weather and Ag in Focus. Thanks for rejoining us. It's one twenty on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, ask some questions, uh, give us a call on the Red Wing Shoes phone line. That's 701-293-9000. we got a caller on line one right now, and that's uh, Matt. Matt, welcome to the show. What's going on today, man? Hey, I ca- called in the other was telling you about the, the ice situation, but I wanted to say, first of all, we're – we're uh, glad Bridget's back. Bridget, you, you can't leave these two animals to the, the board while you're gone. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's all downhill. You Thank were you. mental health a second ago. Please get some brochures for the listeners. Wait, I'm traumatized. And, uh, <laughs> no, but I was, uh, I was calling because I called the other day about the ice out here in Lakes Country, and I thought you'd appreciate it, Bridget, since you have that fishing tournament coming up. It's deteriorating fast, so you better walk out on that ice pretty soon. I think that's the plan. We will be continuing to judge it with the agronomy on ice because we're not putting anybody out there when it's not safe. So you're right. Things are changing. Justin got us to nearly yep. 50 degrees, and I didn't really need this until the end of February, but he misheard me and said January. <laughs> yeah, I was telling these guys that on Lake Light out here in Lake Country, it uh, um, all the fish houses now are off the lake. They all went out on the last two or three days. And, uh, I mean, with this warm okay. weather, it's going gonna, it's gonna to deteriorate. I mean, very quickly. People aren't even driving. They're walking now. Ooh, let's be careful out there, guys. Yeah. And one, one last thing, uh, Justin. You were trying to come up with uh, um, the sports car maker that uh, was into tractors. It was Lamborghini. That's actually how ah, they started before sports cars. Yes, Lamborghini. That's what it was. Thank you for remembering that. Because when you guys were saying Porsche and Ferrari, I'm like, mm. no, that's not right, but it's something else. <laughs> it's something similar. You know, it was a sports, uh, high-end sports vehicle. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Well, thanks, guys. All right, thanks. No problem. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we have we have a couple of Johns that we want to, that want to talk today, but we're going to hold off on chemtrails for just a little bit because we have a guest who's been patiently holding, and that is John Brecker with AgVice Laboratories. John, how are you today? Oh, we're not getting oh, his audio. Wait, might, we don't have his audio yet. Might be muted on your end there. We'll see if we can get John off mute so we can hear him a little bit better. So we'll we'll work on that while we get John, John are you there? to talk. Yeah, we're not hearing him. I think it's on John's end. I got him pulled up on on the board, so okay. either it's I'm not sure. We'll have to figure something out here. So that means we have to go to the we other will... John? Other John is gone. <laughs> he he pretty much heard me ax him and he's like, That's it. I'm not even talking to him. Today. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry about that, John. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness! All right. Well, we're having well, we're having okay. trouble with John's audio. Do you want to hit a couple of ag topics here briefly, Bridget? Or yes, we certainly can. In fact, I'm going to make sure that I get John's information over to um, Jacob so that we can get in contact with him. So, which one of those topics would you like to start with, guys? Oh, how about nitrogen from lightning? I know we touched on that. Uh, was it last week? We just did. a bit. Yeah, energy. a couple of weeks ago. All right. Yep. And so it's one of those things that seems to be probably or the biggest reason you're going to see it at the forefront is that folks are finding out Chipotle wants to certainly look good to all of their customer accounts. And they really wanted to make some investments in areas that make them uh, very climate forward. One of them is this company called Nutricity. They are a startup company. Nutricity wants to basically take the same process of when you create lightning, but they want to create more nitrogen for use in the soils. So this sounds, I don't want to say complicated, but it's going to take a bigger brain than the one that I have in order to do it. Because what they're going to do, and I'm going to make sure I read this all correctly, They want to use a plasma-based process that splits the nitrogen molecules from air, reacts the nitrogen with oxygen, and forms nitrate fertilizers in water. When they capture that fixed nitrogen in an irrigatable water form, then they can take that to use for more nitrate-based nitrogens to be used in the field for like wheat, corn, etc. So why does this matter? Well, we know that Folks are trying to find ways to do more that's in a more environmentally friendly way without having to build additional plants, do more mining, that sort of thing. So if Nutricity can figure out this process and make it work, it not only looks good to those who are Chipotle customers, but additionally, it's really helpful for them 
as they try more startups and more in, ingenious ideas of things that they can be doing when it comes to raising more nitrogen f- that we can use for our plants and our soil health. So we'll see where it goes. Interesting. That's maybe the wave of the future there, and uh, it's a win-win. There's so many waves of the future, it's a tidal wave at this point. Watch out for the typhoon coming. All right, so let's give this a whirl. John Brecker, are you able to hear us today? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, sir. This is awesome. How are you? We're doing well. I'm in tropical Grand Forks right now, and I imagine it's just as warm here as it is in Orlando. (laughs) <laughs> the guy said it's record-breaking, so it just might be the case. Oh, indeed. So, all right, John, tell us a little bit about AgVice Laboratories. You've been there for a little bit of time, but when people hear AgVice, that is synonymous with soil science. But tell us about the startup of that company as a North Dakota-based business. Yeah, AgVice Laboratories has now been around for 48 years, almost uh, almost a half century and so the company got started back in 1976. It was started by Dr. Ed Lloyd, who was an extension plant pathologist at NDSU. And at that time, he saw the opportunity to start doing contract research and crop consulting. Because anybody who's old enough to remember agronomy before the 1970s, crop consultants weren't really a thing. So he was very much on the forefront of crop consulting as an actual service to farmers across the region. Well, not across the region, but nationally as well. And so at that time, they were sending off soil samples to the NDSU soil testing lab, which at this point had only really been operating for maybe about 10 or 15 years. And uh, as they were sending off soil samples, they realized that they needed faster turnaround if they wanted to put on nitrogen in the fall. So the next spring, um, Dr. Ed Lloyd um, hired Bob Deitch right out of grad school at NDSU, and they started the laboratory. And here we are. 48 years later, um, as the premier soil testing provider across the northern Great Plains and the Canadian prairies. So, Eggvice, we have two locations. I'm located out of Northwood, North Dakota, which is a small metropolis about 35 miles southwest of Grand Forks, North Dakota. And then we have another laboratory in Benson, Minnesota, um, near Wilmer. And so, from those two locations, we service all of Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, and then we also service the Canadian prairies of Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and even some customers into Alberta now. So if you look at a globe and circle the entirety of the northern Great Plains, that is our service area. So it's a very fun area to work in because we have crops, I mean, growing across all this area. we got, say, corn, soybeans, alfalfa in southern Minnesota, maybe a little bit into northern Iowa. And then as you move your way farther north and west, you get to very diverse crop rotations. And you got wheat, canola, pulse crops, dry beans. We got flax, potatoes, sugar beets. You name it, anything under the sun. It's a very fun place to work. So it's been it's been wonderful uh, working here and working with many growers and agronomists across the region. And and John, do you deal with like just the general public? I mean, are they ever sending in soil samples to you, or is it, this is just mainly the ag community? I mean, it is primarily the agricultural community, but there are also homeowners. I mean, I'm a homeowner myself, um, and if I want my garden soil tested, I, I, I bring it into the office, and other gardeners do the same. Um, we also do a little bit of work in the environmental sector with, like, the coal mining industry and uh, in the petroleum extraction sector in western North Dakota. So if they have remediation projects as well, um, they're able to send stuff in. So me and Bridget are avid gardeners, uh She's just north of the uh, the Fargo area. I'm up in Grand Forks. If we were to take soil samples and we wanted to get them over to you at Agvice Labs in Northwood, would we have to drive all the way up to Northwood to drop those samples off, or can you mail them in? What does that look like? You can drop things off, or you certainly can mail them in. Um, U.S. Postal Service, they do a great job. Um, UPS, FedEx, anybody who can ship stuff uh, can ship stuff to our doors. Right on. Very and, cool. and there's a lot of stuff that gets shipped because John has a tremendous diversity of soil types across all of those geographies that he was talking about. And a lot of tests that they can run that aren't just the standard soil tests, you might say. And we're going to ask John about those things when we come back. So stay tuned, get your questions ready, and reach us at 701-293-9000 so we can keep our discussion going with John Brecker of Ag Vice Laboratories.
This is a shout-out to all hard-working farmers and ranchers. If you're looking for the cream of the crop in post-frame construction, look no further than Thor Buildings. Because let's face it, having the right-sized building for your equipment or livestock is crucial for your success. At Thor Buildings, they'll design your building for max efficiency, customized to tackle the seasonal weather in your neck of the woods. Post-frame construction tailored to your livestock and ag needs. Buildings built better, stronger, and built to last. So when it's time to put the hammer down, build with Thor. Visit ThorBuildings.com today. Raising health and hope when life matters most. Lend a hand, lend a hand up. An accident or illness can change everything for a family. So can the generosity of a caring neighbor. 100% of gifts to Lend a Hand Up help local families who are hurting. Be a good neighbor. Make a gift to Lend a Hand Up. Lend a hand, lend a hand up. On Giving Hearts Day, help your neighbors. Give to Lend a Hand Up. Good afternoon, I'm Tom Tucker, WDAY News First. A Fargo man was arrested this morning during the execution of a search warrant by officers from the Fargo Police Department, along with support from the Red River Valley SWAT team. It happened just after 5.30 in the 3400 block of 14th Avenue South. The man arrested is identified as 46-year-old Edward Goulet. He was taken to the Cass County Jail and is charged with felonious restraint and outstanding warrants. No other information is available. Police say the investigation is ongoing. The Fargo Police Department is asking for the public's help in identifying a hit-and-run driver. Police say the incident happened Monday near 45th Street and 9th Avenue South. The collision left a pedestrian injured. Images of the suspect and his car are posted on the police department's Facebook page. Anyone with information on the case is asked to contact police. And North Dakota Attorney General Drew Wrigley says law enforcement still has not identified a motive for Mohammed Barakat opening fire on Fargo police officers July 14th. We found insufficient evidence that would prove a motivation along any sort of a political a political agenda of any kind. And that's unsatisfying to people. I can tell you it's unsatisfying to investigators, too. We're left with just hatred and wanting to cause damage to other human beings. Tom Tucker, WDAY and WDAYRadioNow.com. Oh, can you imagine a stress-free Sunday with family, friends, fun, and food? You can have it when you make Barron's your new Sunday brunch headquarters. Experience a brunch like nowhere else. Your kids will love the customizable waffle bar, fresh scrambled eggs, thick-cut bacon, and much more. Plus, while Mama sips on a mimosa... You can wear out the kids in the arcade at Kingpins. For a stress-free Sunday, mention My Brunch Headquarters and receive 20% off Brunch of Barons. Make your Sunday stress-free, filled with great food, no cleanup, and most importantly, where family, friends, fun, and food come together for Brunch at Barons. Go to brunchatbarons.com. Again, brunch at B-A-R-O-N-S dot com. And don't forget to mention My Brunch Headquarters for 20% off and experience your stress-free Sunday at brunchatbarons.com. Brunch at Barons, located inside Kingpins off I-29 and 52nd Avenue South in Fargo. This is Weather and Ag in Focus with Richard Riedel, Justin Storm, and Dean Wysocki. Howdy, folks, and so nice to have you back joining us here on Weather and Ag in Focus. I am happy to be visiting today with our guest, John Brecker. John's with AgVice Laboratories in Northwood, North Dakota. And, okay, John, when I asked you to do this, my first question was, a soil sample can come in from a farmer, a gardener, a crop consultant, whomever may want to have that test done. And, and a soil sample is a little bit like taking blood from a human, right? You're going to look for, run the tests and look for the things that could be good, bad, or otherwise. Walk me through that process. FedEx just dropped a box of soil on your doorstep. What do you do? All right. So when that soil first arrives, the first thing we got to figure out is who is it from and what are we supposed to do with it? And uh, everything that comes in, like you have a submission form um, that's filled out, and it's going to have information like what field is this from? You know, what are you going to call that sample? Is this a grid sample? Is it a zone sample? Or is this a whole field composite? Um, and with that information, then we can figure out exactly what you want tested on that, whether it be nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, sulfur, pH salts, which would be on like virtually any, any field test, or different micronutrients, other soil properties like organic matter, calcium carbonate content. 
And so once we know what we're going to test on it, then it goes into soil receiving, it gets laid out, and it gets dried. Because soils often come in wet, um, but we end up drying everything so we can properly grind those and homogenize that sample. So here's an important thing to talk about. When we talk about a soil sample, um, that sample is just part of the whole field that you're sending in. And so an agronomist or a farmer, they might take 15 or 20 soil cores across the field, mix all those together to represent that field. Now, we kind of do the same thing. We get that whole soil sample in, and when we dry and grind that, we homogenize it. So um, for, like, an individual test, we might only require, like, uh, two grams or five grams of soil to actually run that test. So it's very important to make sure it is well mixed and homogenous. So and that's all been done. And then when it comes into the lab, it really depends on what direction we're going with. Um, Depending on the nutrient involved, we might be using a different type of extraction, a chemical extraction designed to mimic plant availability. So we'll take a portion of soil, like say five grams of soil and 20 grams of an extraction for phosphorus. And most commonly here, we use the Olson phosphorus extraction. And then we'll combine that soil and water that um, is stirred or mixed um, for a period of time. Um, and then after that, we filter that extract and then we take that extract and we run that on an analyzer that can actually determine that element concentration in the extract. So we go from soil, we add a chemical extractant that's designed to mimic plant availability. We mix that together, we filter it, and then we analyze that concentration on the backside. And so I can give you a number, like your soil contains 25 parts per million Olson phosphorus. And so that is the process just to get one number. On a routine soil test report where you're getting a complete uh, soil fertility analysis. There are 17 different parameters that we would test on a typical soil sample. So we repeat that process, or we, or we would do it 17 different ways with different um, chemical methods to get at different nutrients. And that's kind of a really quick rundown of all the stuff that goes on to develop and deliver just one soil test report with those numbers on it. But as a producer or a gardener, if you just get a report back and you have a number that says, I have six part per million Olson phosphorus, then you go to your agronomy supplier or your hardware store and you look at the bags of fertilizer and you go, okay, now what do I do? Because you just got a number that says six parts per million. This is where the process of soil test interpretation and fertilizer guideline development come into play. So if you get a number back like six, you have to know if that soil test level is low, medium, or high. And luckily, through university research, um, we have actually done that where we have correlated and calibrated soil tests through replicated field trials. So you take fertilizer response trials across a range of soil and different crops, and you can actually figure out at what point, you know, do you have enough fertility in that soil where you no longer need to add more fertilizer? And that is how we classify soil test levels of low, medium, or high. And with that, you can actually get back a fertilizer recommendation at the end of the day saying that you need to apply, say, like 35 pounds of phosphorus per acre. And that's a number that finally a farmer can take to his retailer and get a actual uh, fertilizer guideline that they can put on the field. And, John, I got a question. Many steps. Sure. And so – Let's say I'm, uh, you know, I'm. I, I want my lawn to be. I want this to be the best lawn in the neighborhood. But you know, the last few years, I have not been able to get my stinking lawn to green up like everybody else's. I want this to stand out. So I send. First off, the soil. If if how big does a soil core sample? If it's for personal, you know, for residential use or whatnot, how big does that have to be? And and how much? For an average customer, not ag, but if we want it for our garden or for our lawn, for the soil sample there, how much is that going to cost, roughly? Yeah, so uh, as far as how much soil to send in, um, whether or not you take it with a regular soil probe, which usually those probes are, you know, maybe they could be a half inch to an inch in diameter, um, you'd take enough cores, usually 15 to 20, mix them all together, and we'd need about a pint or two cups of soil. So on the, um, I'll say the, the most basic package that I would go with if I was a homeowner, that's going to cost about $20 because they'll give oh. you like NPK, sulfur, pH salts. Um, it's not going to be crazy. Sure. And then like for a complete routine analysis, 
um, you're looking closer to about 50 or $55. It's really not that crazy. No, not at all. Oh. <clears throat> and for the people that just do gardening, they send this in. Those reports that come back, obviously we're not going to need something that says to uh, put 35 pounds of phosphorus on per acre when our gardens are 15 by 30 feet or something like that. Uh, you'll be able to easily read that for someone not really involved in agriculture a lot. They'd just be like, all right, I have, I, I have a deficiency here and here. I just got to go to the store and pick up some, uh, what would it be, potash or whatever else you happen to need to throw in it, whether it's iron or nitrogen? Yeah, there's the report itself usually will print out the guidelines in pounds per acre, but there's a nice uh, comment section on the bottom telling you how to convert that from pounds per acre to pounds per thousand square feet, which is pretty common when you're fertilizing a, a lawn or garden is to convert those units into thousand square feet at a time. Okay. So, uh, John, when you think about, as you said, those cores samples that come in and they get homogenized and all the things that you do for testing, how many samples do you think AgVice handles on an annual basis? Do you have a count for that? Oh, um, well, between our two locations this year, we, we analyzed over a half million soil samples this past fall. Wow. So. It is quite a few, but also you got to remember it's a big yeah. geography. And one of the things that has changed from 30 or 40 years ago is back then everything was a whole field composite sample. You know, you'd take one sample per field. But now we are breaking those fields up into management zones, you know, zone sampling or grid sampling. And so now people are being a lot more intensive and also intentional about where they're taking those soil samples. And that's how we get to variable rate fertilization, um, making variable rate maps, scripts like that, and now you can actually tailor the nutrition to different soil units and map units within a given field. Because we all know the good Lord didn't lay out soil types in perfect squares, yet we're farming perfect squares. So this is, this is how we carve up that landscape and actually leverage the variability that's naturally out there. I, I'm glad you just defined that, you know, grid, zone sampling, et cetera, because that's another question that people often have is what that does. And when you talked about the size of your geography and the fact that not every square field is the exact same soil type, would you be able to put a number to all the different soil types that you work with as you think about going across the brown and black prairie soils in, in Canada through what you see in this region? Any rough estimate how, how many different soil types you might run across? Oh, if you were to break that down at the soil series level, I, I have no clue. It would, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> but if you just yes. want to think about the soil orders, so at a more broad scale, um, you have mollusols, your deep, dark brown soils. You have your vertisols that we find in like the Red River Valley. Then you have everything in between from altosols, entosols, and septosols. I mean, the only thing that we don't really have are volcanic soils, um, the aridic soils that you'd find in the desert southwest, and then the the gelosols, which would be in like the permafrost, frozen tundra. Other than those three soils, you know, there are customers that we have somewhere that probably have those other soil orders out there. Well, I, I bet Waisaki has Waisaki Sol in his yard. <laughs> probably his soil it's, definition. It's it's something not causing that lawn to green up. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, I tell you that. I've been trying to establish lawn in my own yard uh, the past two years. It's not been a very friendly past two years okay. for anybody. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel, I don't feel dry, bad. It's been hot. <laughs> uh. So, John, also, when you look at the samples that you're running, you mentioned a basic soil test, right, giving you your feedback for NPK, et cetera. Are there other tests that you run? I mean, personally, from being in the industry, I've had you do some things for me where looking for specific maybe herbicide active ingredients, et cetera. Is there like a menu of options that you offer to your customers through AgVice of all the things you can offer and do for them? Yeah, I mean, you can find a whole list on the website, but I'll give you a kind of a brief inter or overview of some of the more interesting stuff. So we, we talk about like regular soil fertility analysis. But in addition to that, we do lots of physical and, and also some biological characterization as well. Um, so like in the physical side, like soil texture is huge. So anybody um, wanting to install tile drainage, they want to know what the soil texture is in their field, not only at the surface, but you're also burying tile lines down at three, four feet. So you want to know if 
or what the soil texture is down there if you got to put sock on your tile or not. Um, I think most people do end up putting sock on their tiles anyway these days, but you know that's right. one example <laughs> right. of of how to use uh, um, soil texture information. But anybody doing irrigation planning, same story. Um, saturated paste analysis for salt and sodicity. So again, thinking about tile drainage installation, you know, you don't always want to put tile if it's in a sodic soil because even though you put the tile in there, the water might not actually drain into the tile. So you know, that's very much a chemical physical problem that can be very expensive if not done properly. Um, outside of that, you may got water holding capacity. These days, soil carbon analysis has actually become a, a well, I'm sure anybody has been uh, involved um, in, in agriculture lately, hear lots of discussions about carbon sequestration. So um, bulk density and total carbon analysis has become very, very big. Um, you know, the biological aspects, test for um, biological activity, CO2 respiration, because microbes, just like us, when they uh, break down carbohydrates and carbon in the soil, they give off CO2. We can measure that. Um, there are different organic carbon and nitrogen fractions that we can measure. So, yeah, there's really the, the bounds are endless. Kind of the one thing that we don't get into is like actual organic chemistry. Um, but there are other outfits that are set up for doing that. Very interesting. And for someone who sends in a sample to you, what's the wait period looking like for when they're going to get results back? Obviously, is I'm assuming this isn't like a one-week thing from when you send it to when you get your results back. And then how do you get your results? Is it mailed back to you? Is it an online form? Is it an email? Yeah, so for routine soil fertility analysis, which is probably 95% of what we do, um, when we get it, it gets dried and ground overnight gets run in the lab the next day and all the results are posted online late that afternoon on our online AgVisor platform. Wow. So for 95% of what we do, it is next day turnaround. Cool. Mm. Very cool. It's a non-routine just like soil texture. might take a few days. Mm-hmm. You handle so many samples. That is just fascinating to me how quickly you can turn that around, John. What an efficient system. Wow. <laughs> we try our best. <laughs> Well, as folks listened to you describe that process today, where should they go? You mentioned your website, et cetera. What other contact points would you like people to use to reach out to AgVice Laboratories? Yeah, probably the best way is to start with the website, agvise.com, A-G-V-I-S-E.com, or they can give us a jingle at the office. The number for the office in Northwood is 701-587-6010. Again, that is 701-587-6010. John, I want to thank you for not only taking the time to be with us today, but also all the hard work that you do, because I know you are flooded with samples in the fall and in the spring. So many farmers and ranchers across this region and their crop consultants appreciate everything you do. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bridget. It's been a pleasure. All righty, folks. Do not go anywhere. We have to touch on the weather. There's been a question about weather at the end of February in Florida. No, I won't be here, but somebody else wants to know, so stick around. We'll touch on all that right after this. Thanks for making WDAY Radio your new number one with the news that matters to you. I'm Tom Tucker, WDAY Radio News. Accurate weather forecasts. Today we're going to go down in the record book, calling for a high of 50. And personalities that you can call friends. Tony! (laughs) That would not be a good thing. We're proud to serve the Fargo-Moorhead Metro and the region beyond. AM 970 and 93.1. We are WDAY Radio. As Giving Hearts Day grows each year, the reason for the day remains the same. Support and celebrate the charities in our communities. Between now and February 8th, head to givingheartsday.org to make a financial gift to one of 600 charities, find a drop-off site for the Giving Hearts Day food drive, or find volunteer opportunities. Head to givingheartsday.org to give your way today. Welcome to the Northern Corn Soybean Expo from your friends at Triple E in Page, North Dakota. Stop by their booth and visit with Chris and Luke about all your current or future farm construction needs. Whether it be a new grain dryer, new grain bin, or a complete grain handling site, Triple E will be there for you. Triple E does the job from design to finish. Proudly serving the area for over 50 years are your friends at Triple E in Page, North Dakota. And online at eeeinc.com. 
Ethanol.com. Theraldson Ethanol invites you to trade in your job for a career. Just west of Castleton sits one of the nation's largest ethanol facilities, a 170 million gallon per year ethanol plant. Come join a work family of dedicated team members helping North Dakota lead the energy revolution. Pay starting at seventy-five to eighty thousand per year, plus benefits, bonuses, incentives, and more. If your job is just a job, trade it in for a career at Theraldson Ethanol. Apply online right now at theraldsonethanol.com. This is a shout-out to all hard-working farmers and ranchers. If you're looking for the cream of the crop in post-frame construction, look no further than Thor Buildings. Because let's face it, having the right size building for your equipment or livestock is crucial for your success. At Thor Buildings, they'll design your building for max efficiency, customized to tackle the seasonal weather in your neck of the woods. Post-frame construction tailored to your livestock and ag needs. Buildings built better, stronger, and built to last. So when it's time to put the hammer down, build with Thor. Visit ThorBuildings.com today. Welcome to the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo, February 6, 2024, from your friends Gary, Tom, and Tim at Satram Hyam Seed, your local full-service seed dealer. Contact Satram Hyam Seed in Page for all your seed requirements, sales, service, and treating and custom cleaning. Proudly serving area farmers since 1978. Call Satram Hyam Seed at 701-371-8578 or check them out online at satramhyamseed.com. Weather and Ag in Focus on WDAY Radio. And welcome to Weather and Ag in Focus. Thanks for rejoining us. It's 152 on this Wednesday afternoon. A quick check on your currents. It's near 50 degrees right now here in Fargo with a north wind at 5 miles an hour. we got another rundown on the forecast coming up here. In just a couple of short moments, as well as another ag topic or two to get to. Uh, if you want to join in on the conversation, ask a question, uh, feel free to give us a call on the Red Wing Shoes phone line. That's 701-293-9000. We had one caller who called in earlier. Scott didn't have time to wait on the line, I guess. Uh, wanted to know what the last week of February was looking like down in Florida. And while Scott, uh, I, I need to know where in Florida you're going to be. Uh, and also send us uh, send us an email. We'll get you an answer. And the to days, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, end of Florida, end of February. Uh, that... End of February. <laughs> say. That's a whole week. We need specific the days. La- the last week of February, I would imagine the whole week. But yeah, I need to know where in Florida you're going to be located at. So uh, just shoot us an email, whether at flagfamily.com. Uh, also, we got another person on the line here. Oh boy. Bridget, it's your favorite person. Hi, John. Hi, John. Yeah, sure. She says hi after she cuts me off, kicks me out of the boat. You know, I. You're gonna need a bigger. Boat. I don't know. I knew I know. that you would call back because you're a diligent listener and follower, and you don't mind the fact that then we don't have to rush. Is that fair? Okay, fine. I'll accept that answer for now. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, what's on your mind, the, John? Well, first of all, you know all this all this tin foil hat, you know, non-believers uh, out there in the chemtrails. Have you noticed that today's chemtrails have extremely long hang time and are growing wider v- and wider no and wind. wider? And and there there were. Th- Side by side, I've never seen three in a row spraying, so they must be. Uh, That's right. Doing a little overtime That's today. Right. They're ramping it up. Smitty, Smitty the pig, and I have noticed that while out hunting truffles today. <laughs> Perfect weather for hunting truffles. <laughs> are you doing the truffle? Sounds, shu- that, are you doing the sound, truffle shuffle? Sounds like a great reference there. <laughs> it's a truffle shuffle. Hmm. Is that a thing like the Super Bowl shuffle that the that the Bears oh, did? What team? Oh yeah, that team. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, team. You know, it's been so long since they've won. I, 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 I've forgotten their name. It's, it's the team that's won more Super Bowls than the Vikings, John. Well, that is true, but that really doesn't take much. That's <laughs> talking about the Vikings here, bud. That's a lose lose, whether you want it to be a win or not. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, actually, the Vikings have a better one loss record than I think virtually anybody in the NFL. Yet mystically. No Super Bowl. How does that work? It's not in the script. I'm starting, John. To, 
It's not- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I'm the activist. It's all predetermined uh, stuff. Once again, the tinfoil hat crowd. We are right far more often than we are incorrect. There we go. So I'm Love just saying, looking at these chemtrails today, it's it's kind of lining up with the LRC. There's there's something out there. It's coming one way or another. The government's going to force it to come. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, I I know I know Jay's going to have this topic on his show because he we, would love to get in it with you. Oh man, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would love it. Man. John, I got uh, John, I got to let you go. Everything. We're running low on time here, but go. thanks for giving us right. a call, John. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. And let's let's take a quick look at the forecast. Temperatures right now, right oh. around the fifty degree mark. We've set records here in the Fargo Moorhead area, so we'll put this baby down in the record books, and uh, we'll probably rise a few more degrees into the lower fifties. We've got some high clouds spilling into the area, but winds are light. Uh, boy, this is a great day just to get out and soak up this sun. It is a beauty out there. Then, as we head into tonight, we're dipping back into the mid twenties, and tomorrow. Partly cloudy skies, still mild, low 40s. Our record tomorrow is 45, so we'll be flirting with that. And then as we head uh, through the rest of the weekend into the weekend, clouds come back Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Maybe a sprinkle over the weekend, but I think most of us should be dry if you have any outdoor plans. Just a lot of clouds around over the weekend. And then some uh, quiet weather to start off next week. But again, according to that LRC calendar, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and next week, we'll be keeping an eye. That's the Christmas storm that brought us all the precip. That will be cycling back middle and end of next week with either snow or rain. So we'll see how that pans out. Somebody could get some pretty decent snowfall out of this wherever the cold air uh, and the track of the low kind of line up. So we'll we'll keep a close eye on that for the middle and end of next week if you have any travel plans in the northern plains. Mike, want to keep up to date on the forecast. What are you doing there? You're shutting your laptop like it's the end of the show. I'm out of here. You're done? <laughs> yeah. Bud, we still got two and a half minutes left. I'm going outside and enjoying this weather. Have a good one. You know, I'm going to, too. Well, that's every day. Bridget, you got the last of the show. We got a couple ag topics to wrap up. Yeah, they gave me a bunch of beer tickets earlier today for all my work as a social media ambassador. So, all right, don't um, worry, I got it. This biological farming solution. So, get this: <laughs> apparently, there are solutions to farming that involve biologicals. <laughs> Dang, I, well, and Dr- I still got two minutes to kill. <laughs> all right, Driscoll Farms, who farms in Mexico, who does actually a lot of their berry production in Mexico. So, think raspberries, blackberries, strawberries, etc. Mm-hmm. They realized that they were having some pest problems that were unique to their situation, soil types, etc. So they literally hired some agricultural scientists to start building their own solutions. And I'm not talking about just creating a pesticide, but looking for natural predators, natural fungus that can attack other fungus in order to be healthy on the plant. So they are building their own solutions, not just looking for something that's a prescription, so to speak. So good work, Driscoll. Thanks so much for what you do. And right that's the end of the show now, right, There we guys? go. So, yeah, that's it. Dean, go enjoy a drink. Bridget, have one for me. I'll have one for you guys later tonight. We'll see everyone back here tomorrow, 1 to 2 in the afternoon. The Jay Thomas Show is next.